Today on After God's Heart. Saul made five attempts to kill David. Five different times, Saul tried to kill David, two of them by spear. Saul tried two different times in in chapter 18 to, to spear David, and he missed both times. And then got so mad at Jonathan, he tried to kill Jonathan with a spear and missed again. All right, so that was that was part of Saul's efforts last week, but he tried five different times to kill David. That didn't work. So the transition between 18 and 19 is Saul is still trying to kill David. That's that's the attempt here. So tried my girls, tried the Philistines, tried it myself. All five of those didn't work. So I'll get somebody else. Welcome to After God's Heart with Dr. Darren Biles, author, professor, and pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Today on After God's Heart, Dr. Biles continues a series on the life of David, the shepherd who would become king. The message is entitled Promises, Pretense, and Prophecy. The passage is marked by four vows made by David by four different people. The passage highlights the continuing efforts of Saul to kill David, but as we will see, God protected David. At one point, even Saul was used by God to protect David from Saul. The story is humorous. The lesson is sobering. God is faithful to his promise. Dr. Biles? Has anyone ever made a promise to you that they did not keep? In 1 Samuel 19, we're going to look at four promises made to David by four different people. Not all of them kept their promises, but we'll see that God did keep his promises. Saul's continuing his effort to kill David, and in this passage, even tries to convince his son Jonathan to assist him. But Jonathan is faithful to his covenant with David, and God used Jonathan's faithfulness to his friend to fulfill his covenant with the future king. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Samuel 19 as we continue our series on the shepherd who would be king. So tonight, if you have your Bible... I want to invite you to open with me to 1 Samuel chapter 19 as we continue our study on the life of David. I've entitled the lesson tonight, Vows, Lies, and Prophets. Now, if you like alliteration, my alternative title was Promises, Pretense, and Prophets. But we're going to talk about vows, lies, and prophets and how all of that is influenced by the life of David. What's interesting in 1 Samuel chapter 19 is David doesn't speak in 1 Samuel 19. Two people speak to David. One person, his wife, speaks for David. And the narrator tells us about conversations of David, but there is no record of David speaking. All of the events in chapter 19 are about David. But it's an interesting little nuance that the chronicler just drops in there. It's, it's a stylistic feature as, as he's highlighting something about David without David ever speaking. And so we're looking at the life of David, but here we're talking about vows. And we will be confronted by four vows in the text. So in just a minute, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 19. But listen for four vows. You'll hear the vow of Jonathan. You'll hear the vow of Saul. You will meet or encounter the vow of Michael. And we will be impacted by the vow of the Lord. 
two people keep their vows, one sort of keeps her vow, and one totally doesn't. 1 Samuel chapter 19, look with me, beginning in verse 1. Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much, so he told him, My father Saul intends to kill you. Be on your guard in the morning and hide in a secret place. Stay there, and I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and talk to him about you. When I see what he says, I'll tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said to him, The king should not sin against his servant David. He hasn't sinned against you. In fact, his actions have been a great advantage for you. He took his life into his hands when he struck down the the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. So why would you sin against innocent blood by killing David for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan's advice, and he swore an oath. Surely as the Lord lives... David will not be killed. So Jonathan summoned David and told him all these words. Then Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he served him as he did before. Now, when war broke out again, David went out and fought against the Philistines. He defeated them with such a great force that they fled from him. Now an evil spirit sent from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his palace holding a spear. David was playing the lyre, and Saul tried to pin David against the wall with a spear. As the sword struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away, and escaped that night. Saul sent agents to David's house to watch for him and kill him in the morning. But his wife, Michael, warned David, If you don't escape tonight, you'll be dead tomorrow. So she lowered David from the window, and he fled and escaped. And Michael took the household idol put it on the bed, placed some goat hair on its head, covered it with a garment. When Saul sent agents to seize David, Michael said, he's sick. Saul sent agents back to see David and said, bring him on his bed and I'll kill him. When the agents arrived, to their surprise, the household idol was on the bed with goat's hair on his head. Saul asked Michael, why did you deceive me like this? You sent my enemy away and he has escaped. And she answered him, He said to me, let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him everything that Saul had done to him. Then he and Saul left and stayed at Naoth. When it was reported to Saul that David was at Naoth in Ramah, he sent agents to seize David. However, when they saw the group of prophets prophesying with Samuel leading them, the Spirit of God came on Saul's agents And they started prophesying. When they reported to Saul, he sent other agents, and they also began prophesying. So Saul tried again, and he sent a third group of agents, and even they began prophesying. Then Saul himself went to Ramah, came to the large cistern at Seku, and he asked, Where are Samuel and David? At Naoth and Ramah, someone said. So he went to Naoth and Ramah, The Spirit of God also came on him. As he walked along, he prophesied until he entered Naoth in Ramah. Saul then removed his clothes and also prophesied before Samuel. He collapsed, lay naked all that day and all that night. And that's why they say, is Saul also among the prophets? 
Now, this is a fascinating chapter. It's, it's, it's humorous at a couple of different points as we find David still under attack. And here we're encountered by all of these individuals and their relationships with David. Now, there are four movements in chapter 19, four acts or four scenes, if you like. So the first seven verses, you find Saul's vow to essentially kill David uh, in, in, in an effort to, to uh, uh, get rid of the threat to the throne and Jonathan's defense. Right? So the first seven verses is Saul's attempt to kill David. We'll talk about that in just a minute. When you get to verses 8 through 10, there is war and Saul's evil spirit returns. That's scene two. Scene three begins in verse 11 and goes down through verse 18, and that's David's wife, Michael, and Saul's next attempt to kill David, which involves his daughter, Michael. And then the last section, beginning in verse 18 down through verse 24, Saul prophesies involuntarily. Okay, so we, we find Saul among the prophets, but not because he intended to be prophetic. Uh, he is merely, for a second time, overcome by the Spirit of God. So temporarily, the evil spirits are excised from Saul as the Holy Spirit came upon him, and Saul begins to prophesy, and he prophesies all day and all night. Uh, it's a fascinating scene that revolves around these four vows. Now, you remember that Jonathan and David, we talked about last week, made a vow. They made a covenant with each other that they would uh, support each other, they would defend each other, uh, and, and we've already seen the affection that the two of them had for each other, that close friendship of David and Jonathan, best friends. And so, Jonathan's vow will be tested, and it's tested by his father. Well, we just saw last week that Jonathan made a covenant with David. So when the text begins, Saul said to Jonathan, we need to kill David. Now, it's not clear if Saul is aware that Jonathan and David have this covenant relationship. It's very possible, though, that Saul is trying to drive a wedge between David and Jonathan because he does know about their close friendship. And so it, it's, it's probably that reason the text specifically says Saul ordered Jonathan and his servants to kill David. I know you and David are friends. Go kill him. So he's, he's putting Jonathan's loyalty to his father against his loyalty to his friend. And Jonathan does two things. Note the order in which the, 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 the narrator tells them. Jonathan does two things. He tells David, and then he intercedes for David with Saul. But the narrator tells us the details in the order of probably priority for Jonathan. The first thing Jonathan did is he went to David. My dad wants to kill you. And I'm going to do my best to intervene. I'm going to do my best to speak for you. And the text says, I'm going to go stand in your place, which probably means David, whose job was to fight for Saul. Remember, that was part of that, that bridal agreement, uh, the dowry that David was to pay in order to marry Saul's daughter, Michael. You have to fight my battles. And so uh, David was expected to be there with Saul. And so Jonathan says, I'll go stand in your place. I'll talk to dad. 
and, and see if I can smooth this thing out, and then I'll come back and talk to you. So you've got Jonathan's vow, and then in the middle of that, we're going to see Saul's vow, and then obviously the vow between David and Michael, the covenant marriage relationship, we'll see, and then highlight God's promise that we talked about in chapter 16, that God was going to raise David as the next king. So you've got four vows that are marking the chapter, the text of 1 Samuel chapter 19. Now last week we saw that Saul made five attempts to kill David. Five different times Saul tried to kill David, two of them by spear. Saul tried two different times in, in chapter 18 to, to spear David and he missed both times and then got so mad at Jonathan he tried to kill Jonathan with a spear and missed again. All right, so that was, that was part of Saul's efforts last week, but he tried five different times to kill David. That didn't work. The most awarded artist in Christian music history, Stephen Curtis Chapman, will be live at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church on Saturday, December 2nd at 7 p.m. Join us as Stephen Curtis Chapman presents Acoustic Christmas. Tickets are $30 for general admission and $45 for Artist Circle and can be purchased in advance by going to sunnyvalefbc.com slash event slash Stephen Curtis Chapman. Tickets will be available for pickup at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church or can be held for will call pickup on the night of the concert. We'll see you at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church on Saturday, December 2nd at 7 p.m. as we celebrate an acoustic Christmas with Stephen Curtis Chapman. So the transition between 18 and 19 is Saul is still trying to kill David. That's, that's the attempt here. So tried my girls, tried the Philistines, tried it myself. All five of those didn't work. So I'll get somebody else. All right. So now try number six of Saul to kill David. Saul ordered Jonathan and his servants. Okay. I've tried a couple of times, throw my spear at him, miss both times. You guys go kill him. And it's interesting there that Saul ordered his son, Jonathan. Okay, so, so he's, he's directing his son, Jonathan, and all his servants. So all of those who are there. So Saul is no longer concerned about anybody knowing, I want to kill David. Now, I don't care who knows it, I want David dead. So Saul orders his servants. Uh, so he's, he's, he has some kind of top secret staff meeting here in verse 1. And Saul gives out the order. You guys go kill David. That's, that's your order. That's, that's your plan. Uh, now, unlike what we saw last week, where the narrator specifically said on those five occasions when Saul was trying to kill David, that an evil spirit came upon him. Now, it's very possible here in verse 1, the evil spirit's still there. And, and, and maybe because of the lingering presence of the evil spirit, Saul still wants to kill him. That could be, although later in chapter 19, we're told that an evil spirit sent from the Lord, came upon Saul, implying that it might not have been there. So I don't know in verse 1 if this is the evil spirit influencing Saul to try to kill David, or if the evil spirit have so corrupted Saul's mind that now Saul believes it. And so Saul now trying to kill David and, and enlisting others along, uh, along with this. Um, so, so Saul now trying to interrupt David and Jonathan's friendship by commanding his son to kill his best friend. Well, Jonathan informs David, verses 2 and 3, my dad wants to kill you. So he says to David, 
several points of pretty good advice, okay? One, dad wants to kill you, so be on your guard, okay? Be on your guard in the morning, and number two, hide, okay? So hide in the secret place. Number three, stay there. I'll go out and stand beside my father, which probably means in this context, I'll go out and stand in your place because you're the one who's supposed to stand by my father. So I'll go out, stand by my father in the field where you are and talk to him about you. And when I see what he says, I'll come tell you. So here's what Jonathan said. Dad wants to kill you. So uh, first of all, don't come. Go hide. Stay there. I'll intercede and see what happens, and, and, and then I'll come tell you. So, so that's the plan, and we're going to see some other plans that David and Jonathan have in subsequent attempts by Saul to kill David, but this is, this is the one that um, Saul and David work out, or, or rather Jonathan and David uh, work out, and so Jonathan gives David this plan, and so then Jonathan does exactly what he said he was going to do. So verse 4, Jonathan spoke well of David. Jonathan defended David to his father. And Jonathan begins to reason with his father. It's a mild chastising that Jonathan gives his father, but he also is aware that his father is the king. And so he is reasoning with his father, and he has several points of reasoning why Saul should not kill David. Okay, Uh, look at verse 4. You shouldn't do that. That'd be a sin. All right. So first thing Jonathan says to David, killing or Jonathan says to his dad, Saul, killing David would be sinful. So you should not sin like that. Number two, he hasn't sinned against you. So the king should not sin against his servant, David. He's not sinned against you. So Jonathan is saying David hasn't done anything to you. He's not done anything to provoke this. So you are attempting something that David doesn't deserve. So it would be sinful. Don't sin against him. He's not sinned against you. And on top of that, Jonathan says, in fact, his actions have been a great advantage for you. And, and, and now Jonathan's going to remind his dad of how advantageous David's actions have been. So Jonathan says, well, you remember, he took his life in his hands when he struck down the Philistine. Remember that? Big Philistine. Yeah, David killed him. Uh, So then Jonathan says, the Lord brought deliverance. And the implication subtly there is, if you kill David, you are now going against what God has done to protect him. So you're now finding yourself fighting against God. The Lord brought a great deliverance. And he says, in fact, you saw it. That's an interesting phrase there. You saw it. And rejoiced. So, so you watched God do a great victory in, in the life of David. You saw it and rejoiced. And then finally, Jonathan says, so why would you sin against innocent blood by killing David for no reason? You have no cause. You have no reason to kill David. And so Jonathan is now appealing to Saul on theological, on rational, on emotional, relational, and military grounds. David's been good. David's been faithful. Killing him would be sinful. It would put you in opposition of what the Lord is doing in David's life. And so his logic seems to have won the day temporarily. So I listened to Jonathan's advice. Uh, that's, that's an interesting way 
of, of, of phrasing that, that Jonathan gave his dad advice. Okay, Saul listened to Jonathan's advice and swore an oath. So here's our second oath that we come across here in this text. Saul swore an oath as surely, now, Saul now is invoking the Lord's name. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. So Jonathan summoned David and he told him all these words and Jonathan brought David to Saul and he served him as he did before. So Jonathan bought that and he's persuaded David. My dad's serious. I, I, I know he's tried to kill you before and thought about it earlier today, but I talked him out of it. It's all good. You can come back now. Uh, apparently the evil spirits are gone and, and it's all, it's all going to be okay. So he has now convinced David it's okay for David to come back. And so David returns. And now David is serving Saul again. And we know that because in the very next couple of verses, there's David playing music for Saul again. So David, who has multiple times already fled from Saul, now coming back, and serving Saul as he did before, like nothing ever happened. He is serving Saul uh, and, and faithful to Saul until, verse 8, war broke out again. All right, so we finished the first scene in the first seven verses. Saul wants to kill David. Jonathan talks him out of it. Saul makes a promise. I won't do it. David won't be killed. Now, that part's true. David won't be killed but not for lack of effort on Saul's part. Saul makes a vow. David won't be killed. And the implication of that, as he invokes the name of God, as the Lord lives, I won't do it. I won't have any part of, of, of David being killed. And so Saul now not only has made a rash vow again, he has invoked the name of God to do it. By the way, this will be the second time Saul will violate a vow against someone who was serving him faithfully. The first time was in chapter 14 with his own son, Jonathan, where Saul, they were out in, in a battle and Saul made a vow. If anybody eats anything today before this battle's done, I'm going to kill him. Well, Jonathan wasn't there. He didn't hear it. And so Jonathan and his armor bearer were out. He comes across some honey. He's tired and he dips his sword in, in, in the beehive and gets some honey and eats it. He's refreshed. And then they said, oh, hey, uh, bad news. Your dad made a vow. And, and, and Jonathan said, well, he shouldn't have done that because you can see it made me better. And the people in that case in chapter 14 talked Saul out of going through with a foolish vow. That was the first time. Here again, Saul makes a vow against David who has done nothing but defend Saul. And Saul's about to violate that in the very next section. So verse 8, note the repetition of things that happen again in the rest of this chapter. We'll see it here and then at the end of chapter 19. Things that happen again to Saul. So verse 8, war broke out again. So David went out. David's the military leader. He's the guy who they sing songs about already. He's the giant killer. So David now went out to fight the Philistines again, and he defeated them so greatly that they fled. So now, good news, bad news for Saul. Good news is we beat the Philistines again. Bad news is everybody knows David did it. In 1 Samuel 18, Saul tried five times to kill David. 
then, because he was unsuccessful, in chapter 19, he tried to enlist the assistance of his son, Jonathan. But as we see in this passage, Jonathan was faithful in his commitment to David. Of the four vows made to David in this chapter, ultimately, only Jonathan and the Lord were faithful to keep them. So to bring this passage to a point of application, are you a person of your word? When you make a promise, do you keep it? What about promises you've made to the Lord? Remember, God's always faithful to His promise. This passage encourages us to be faithful to ours. We've entitled this program, After God's Heart. The name of the program comes from the title of my newest book, After God's Heart. It's a story of the life of David, the challenges, the lessons that we learn from David, and how we can apply those to our lives. We'd love to send you a copy of my book when you support this ministry with your generous gift. Now, here's Ed to give you more details on how you can get a copy of my book. Thanks, Dr. Biles. You can get a copy of After God's Heart today. By contacting Sunnyvale First Baptist Church at 972-226-7105 or SunnyvaleFBC.com. You can also write us at 3018 North Beltline Road, Sunnyvale, Texas, 75182. Attention after God's heart. And here's a final word from Pastor Darren. Thanks, Ed. I want to personally invite you anytime you are able to be our guest at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. We have Sunday school for all ages beginning at 9 o'clock, and we have worship in both English and Spanish beginning at 1030. We'd love to see you and your family anytime you are able at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. You've been listening to After God's Heart with Dr. Darren Biles. We want to thank you for listening and hope it's been a blessing to you. I'm your host, Ed Petty. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time on After God's Heart.